0: This is the Common Sense Podcast presented by Tamar. I'm your host, Tamar Weinberg, founder and CEO of Tamar, and I will be talking to people of all walks of life who have suffered adversity and overcome to rise above the ashes and now make self-care and wellness an absolute priority. Hi, everybody. Today I am with the most amazing, so far, and we've had our little chit-chat before our podcast, uh, Ashley Baster. She is the coolest I love her already and I haven't really even met her yet, so, but I wanted to introduce her and I want to learn about her in front of the entire, entire community. So thank you so, so much for joining. Tell me where you are on the planet. Cause I still don't even know that. And tell me a little bit about, you know, who you are, what you do, what you're, what's going on with your life right now, all, all the fun things.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for having me to start. Um, and I also have a little secret that I probably should have told you beforehand. I've followed your blog for a really long time back. Um, I think in your Mashable days, I used to follow your blog because I was in tech and copywriting and community management. Um, so yeah, have have loved what you do for a really long time. Um, but I'm actually in Santa Monica, California, which has been nice. It's gotten a little chilly over the past couple of days. But yeah, out here in sunny LA and just living the Silicon Beach
0: dream <laughs> at the moment and trying to stay warm. So what is it like over there right now? What's the dynamic like? Because, you know, we're still, we are in the middle of May. And I mean, we are still, I consider coronavirus chaos. I think things in my, my side of the world are... Simmering down a little bit in the context of, you know, I had, I know hundreds of people who had the virus. I see people still getting it, but not to the same level. Like, what is it? What is that climate like for you in the virus climate? I don't even know how you would describe it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been interesting. So we actually are going
1: to like a less restricted lockdown starting tomorrow. And technically it started on Friday. So they have started to lift some of their restrictions tomorrow. Our beaches and our parks and some of our trails are going to open back up. Um, but I actually just had the very first Person in my close knit circle, one of my best friends, just found out that she has coronavirus yesterday. Right when everything is getting ready to open back up, so I'm sort of of the thought process right now that if things are going to start opening up, that's fine. I totally understand it. I will probably keep myself at home for at least another month or so, um, and and I'm just going to keep practicing distancing. It's interesting to see some people kind of just be over this entire pandemic and start acting as if we don't have anything to worry about. But I think there's still concern. I think there's a lot of value still in distancing. And that's how I plan to continue on for the moment.
0: There are three different camps of people who have experienced the virus. There is the very, very small 0.001% of the people, I don't even know if it's 0.001, it's maybe a little more than that, of the people who had the virus, who have had proven positive and they were symptomatic, then they had negative test results, confirmed test results. In my case, I actually have done a couple of studies with a number of uh, research institutions here Uh, Einstein College, Albert Einstein College for Medicine at Columbia University. And I have a letter from one of the professors saying that I am not transmitting anymore. So I know I'm not a risk to myself and I know that I'm not a risk to other people. So and in that case, I'm just like, I want to go out and about and live again, Uh, but that's a very small amount of people. And then there's the, I just want to reopen the economy because I'm sick and tired of close this stuff being closed down and I don't care about people hurting anymore they're just sick like they're done and then there's the ashley baxter camp where i want to be responsible because i'm starting to run into people who are i'm starting to get i don't know the second degree third degree uh network where i'm i'm realizing that this virus is a lot more rampant than possible and or rampant than i had thought before and i need to be i need to act responsibly and I like to I don't want to say that my thing is entitled. It's I don't think it is entitled, but I want to be like you, you know as much as it would be nice to go out and about, it's at the end of the day it comes down to optics. And until the government has an immunity badge that I can wear, <laughs> I <laughs> am just like everybody else. you need to be careful. I'm not going out and about like the only thing I really would want to do besides what I'm doing now, is go to the gym (laughs) and nobody, gyms aren't reopening. So I am stuck at home and being, being responsible because you never know. I mean, I'm not afraid of getting sick and I'm not afraid of getting other people sick. I wear a mask. It's annoying. I hate wearing a mask and I need to do what I need to do because at the end of the day, right now, that's the example that needs to be set. So. Stay indoors as much as possible. I would sometimes I take walks at. Usually for me right now, it's just a walk around my driveway. I will run, but I will run very infrequently, and that's that's. I think that's the responsible way about going right now. So I think that you're being right about being cautious because until we figure out more, until people are have more exposure, whatever way that they need, you this is the responsible way to go.
1: Completely, yeah. completely.
0: Yeah. So tell me, you followed me on Mashable, which is amazing. And I am so I'm so thankful for for the fact that, you know, we've known each other, if you will, for as long as we have. Tell me what you do, what you were doing, what might have been some interesting trajectory and how you've evolved from, I guess, young girl to adults and what your career path looked like. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, So I am not someone that most people would ever assume would be into tech. I got started at a young age. So I grew up in, in Texas, in East Texas very, very rural area. One of my favorite things to say about the town I grew up in is that we probably had more cows than we did people. So I grew up a little bit in the country, um, but was lucky in the fact that my mom bought me a computer at a young age. I think it was like 92. She bought me a big honkin' Packard Bell desktop um, before I could even connect it to internet. And then when AOL came out, I was able to get online and just kind of start tooling around, but I never had any clue or any idea that that was something that I could actually turn into a career. Um, so I went to college, went to school, also in Texas, and decided to study journalism and communication, got a degree in PR graduated and my very first internship, I realized this is horrible. I absolutely cannot cut newspaper clippings for the rest of my life. This would be like the worst thing ever. So I knew that even though I had a degree, I didn't necessarily want to apply it in the ways that I had been told in school. I needed to apply it. So I just decided to get creative and I decided, okay, I have this experience from school. I'm also really comfortable with the internet because i had been playing online as a kid for so long so i just decided to merge those two things together before i realized that i could build a career in digital marketing and took that and ran with it Um, i had a lot of different opportunities in companies of various sizes but one thing i decided to do in my career that was a little bit different was instead of picking one track and one channel of digital marketing i decided i wanted to learn about as many different channels as I possibly could so over time and over the years and some of the jobs that I had I hopped around a lot and some of my friends made fun of me for that but at the end of the day I ended up fully understanding the total digital marketing ecosystem and how everything worked together and how all the channels could play off of each other instead of just learning one single channel and I think that is probably the catalyst for my success and the opportunities that came up for me as a part of my career.
0: I love it. I love it. it I didn't know your story is like mine, but I want to I wanna hear your story a little more and then I'd definitely Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So
1: um, like one of one of the more interesting things that I got to do in my career. So I had done Black Hat SEO, which I probably shouldn't tell people that. Oh, but no, sure. I black think you hat. should.
0: You know, you get because you get a holistic viewpoint of what's going on. The good, the, good, the bad, yeah. and the ugly.
1: Yeah. Well, And, and it, it was interesting to, to sort of see like, okay, this is what everyone's not supposed to be doing. And now I know how to do all of those things. But it was crazy because like I felt I felt some type of way about doing Black Hat SEO when I was doing it. I was working for um, a company in the credit monitoring space. And there was just, that was like the wild west back then. And there was a lot of shady stuff before the FTC regulated it. But I got my start in SEO there as a Black Hat. And then because of that experience, when JCPenney, I don't know if you remember in 2012. Oh yeah, the links,
0: the paid links. Yeah, they had
1: that whole scandal that popped up i actually got a call to go work at JCPenney and manage their seo program because (laughs) i had the background in black hat and they never had anyone internal who was managing their seo they had just outsourced and farmed everything out to an agency and so then when that happened they realized we need someone in house you know can tell us what happened and what we need to be doing So I went in-house and worked at JCPenney. That also happened to be the same time that they took on a new CEO, Ron Johnson, who tried to reimagine the company and the brand. And that was a huge failure, but an amazing, amazing, amazing lesson um, because I managed to keep my channel profitable while a lot of the rest of the business was struggling. So that... That was a, a lot of learning, um, and from there went to... Wait, wait, before 18- bef-
0: Before we go into there, I just want to I want oh. back up very, very, just a little bit early. Hit the brakes for a second. Just for anybody who's listening to this who has no idea what you just said, at Black hat SEO. I'm going to really dumb it down now. Um, Black hat SEO is... SEO is search engine optimization. It's basically web marketing for optimizing for search engines. So like, you know, being number one on Google, or being among the the first couple links on Google and Bing and Yahoo, wherever people are using for searching these days, but it's usually just Google. Don't tell anybody. I just said that and, (laughs) um, and Black Hat SEO is doing that in a way that you, it's very rapid fire. You get things done very quickly, but it's also very unethical and likely when Google finds you, you're banned from the search engines. So it's, it's a methodology that can work. It's very—I can't say it's surefire, but um, it is—it is, it is rapid fire. It's high risk, and once you're done, once you're caught, you're you're doomed. And it's going to take a lot of lot of effort to re to do it all again. So uh, don't I, don't rebuild the empire. It, don't don't do it slowly, surely. White hat—that's the safest way to go. All right, back to you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, we yeah, have Black Hat. Black Hat is definitely not a good long term strategy. Yeah. Um, but the, the good thing of that experience, like I learned a lot. I know Penny learned a lot. Um, and they were able to rebuild the site. We rebuilt the entire site got back in Google's good graces and did reestablish rankings as well, which is not the hardest thing in the world because they're such massive but it was a really good lesson. Um, But from there, I ended up moving on to AT&T. They were actually launching a new brand that was a competitor for the prepaid space. It was called AO Wireless. I don't know if you remember that or if anyone remembers that. We were only around for, I think, about a year before we ended up merging and then rebranding Cricket Wireless. But at that time, um, I went to AT&T to just help with that project and ended up leading social media strategy for AO and then also for the rebrand for Cricket, which was wildly successful. It's a super fun brand and just really personable. People really, really connect to it. So that was a great experience. And So after um, I left AT&T, that was an amazing amazing project, I ended up moving out to Los Angeles, so I've been in LA for about three and a half years now, and came out here to work for a startup, Silicon Beach, that's in the local marketing space, so I had an amazing opportunity to consult some really large brands as a principal of client success. I worked with Starbucks and Sephora and Anytime Fitness, um, some of those brands both in the U.S. and also in the U.K. But after some time, I realized that I just didn't feel fully aligned. Like something still wasn't completely settled in my soul. So. I started to do some soul searching um, and i used a lot of different modalities for that energy healing in a couple of different ways i also did plant medicine and got to a point where i realized that my purpose and what really makes me happy and what makes me tick is to empower other people so i decided to take The marketing background that I had in that holistic view of understanding many channels. And I decided to launch an agency. Um, So that's what I do now. That's my primary business. I help small to medium sized business owners build fully integrated marketing plans that they can focus on executing. So it helps take them from struggle, where they're just grasping at a lot of different marketing strategies and tactics, executing haphazardly not really understanding what is working for them and i provide them with a clear path that they can then just focus on executing Um, and it helps feed their ability to find success and actually growing their business and more importantly expanding their their impact
0: awesome awesome so i'm going to tell you something interesting from like the beginning the first one of the first things you said is that you got your first computer your packard bell in 1992 My first computer was also gifted to me at the end of 1992, it was an IBM PS1. And I found, it wasn't AOL at the time, it was actually Promenade, because AOL had a, for some reason, they had a dedicated, I don't know, a dedicated product for the IBM PS1 computer, which was basically Promenade, which was eventually married into AOL, rebranded into AOL, I'm not sure, but I fell in love with the online world, and that was really my impetus to go into tech as well. So it's funny because you basically did the same thing. And I guess, yeah, when you and I were both in college, there was no, there was really no digital marketing. I actually wanted to major in computer no. science. I was like, I want to do something online, so let me major in computer science because I'm on a computer, and that seems to be the only thing that seems to, <laughs> to resonate. I, I don't know. I stuck with it because I was so dedicated to it but I was more of like the communicator. I was more of the technical person, not the non-tech person on all of the software engineering products. I was not the coder. I never really, I like I could look at code and I kind of understand it, but I don't really understand how to build. So yeah, I found myself working in kind of as a systems administrator into a digital marketing uh, role because I was a systems administrator at a search engine marketing company when social media marketing was starting to really kind of get a foothold so really interesting how that dynamic like shifted and created uh how aol if you will has 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 raised us i guess (laughs) yeah it's kind of neat uh we should have a story the aol the future the children of aol um like
1: like seriously i mean even even back then that was definitely the wild west as well like like i was just in chat rooms like talking to people no clue what i was doing spending lots of time feeling pretty certain that i was going to get arrested for downloading music from napster (laughs) yeah yeah but it's like it's it's crazy though because those are really very formative years and i think when kids are introduced to things earlier on, it does give them more insight into how, you know, they might want to craft their career in the future. Like I ended up studying public relations and communications. This is so horrible, but because Samantha, um, from sex in the city was in PR and I (laughs) thought she made it look really cool. So I said, Oh, okay, I'm
0: going to do that.
1: And then I did it. I was like, this sucks. Let me <laughs> figure out a way to make this fun. <laughs>
0: you you wonder how many how many uh, Mad Men watchers are like into a- advertising and like into unfulfilling advertising careers right now because of Mad Men. I will say that I was never into it, but I think the Mad Men house is like a right around the corner for me, literally right around the corner for me. And I watched it maybe once or twice. I didn't like it because of some of the other storylines, but when I was at Mashable. That was like the show that everybody talked about. It was like the culture dominated the freaking, (laughs) maybe that's why I didn't fit (laughs) when, as the company started getting bigger, I was working remotely anyway and everyone was in the New York office and it was, it was an interesting cultural shift and the dynamic was really different at that point, being the only mom in the office, but Neither here nor there, I was not a madman person (laughs) and I think that worked against me. And but yeah, you wonder now because it's many years later, not that many years later, but a few years later, how many people have like watched it and found that I need to work in advertising because of how how their their glamorous lives. So I don't know. Completely it sometimes it sometimes it, it it all works out in the end, regardless.
1: You end up where you're supposed to end up. That's that's what I choose to believe.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I've ended up in a you know, I'm in perfume now coming from tech and how how would you have thought like that tomboy like me who fell in love with aol built their own computers is working in the fragrance world it's it's you end up where you need to be and i mean you know even if you're kind of derailed from something like the coronavirus uh the whole idea is that like this is like you know my story is about rising above the ashes it's about like getting yourself maybe Climbing out of the ashes, getting yourself back on back on the the wagon, and getting back on the, the railroad tracks, and and bringing yourself forward. And I think that that's that's like a, a big you know fo- focus for me on in this podcast, to like to talk about to talk through those things. So no, I love I love it, and I love the fact that you know obviously part of this podcast is self care routines. You've kind of made that self care, if you will, and caring for other people, and you've expanded that, and you're you 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 have created a. a a movement, an agency out of it. I think that's, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah,
1: It definitely, it definitely didn't always come naturally to me though. Self self care. It's something that I had to learn the hard way. Like everyone has, we've all had a bad job. Um, and we've probably all had a job where we worked too much, but There were definitely, there was one period in my life where I wasn't really sleeping. I was, got to a point where I realized I was drinking heavily and that was probably my format of coping with the stress that I was feeling. Um, I was really inflamed, like, you know, when your entire body is just sort of puffy from inflammation, like I'd reached that point and I was there for a good minute and then did a health assessment test and it did not come back positively. Um, I was pre And so I thought, okay, it is time for me to turn some things around. And so I really had to make a serious effort to integrate self-care into my life and also to make a decision that any situations that I may have found myself in where I was discouraged from having a self-care routine, um, any any people in my life that discouraged me from having a self-care routine had to go because if we don't take care of ourselves, we we, we can't accomplish as much as we would be able to when we're healthy, right? Um, so it hasn't always been the easiest journey to get to a point where self-care has been a priority, but it's been something that has been mandatory and crucial to finding success.
0: You know, I kind of wonder about you know, there's there's a recurring theme in doing these podcasts that we don't really want to embrace self care for ourselves until like I don't know we're I don't want to say midlife because it's probably like the the <laughs> it's not midlife I, then I'm, I'm making myself sound really young, uh, old or something I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it is it ages myself really badly so no way like in women I would say in their in their 30s and 40s are starting to see that as an important thing but it's like in our 20s and our early 30s we're not that serious about it I mean I don't know how old you are so I can't say and I'm not yeah no I'm
1: I'm I'm 35 so I like I can say for myself in my 20s it was not something that I thought about like I wanted to be skinny in my 20s in my 30s I want to be fit I want to have good lungs. I want to have good circulation. Um, Like the approach approach that I've taken to taking care of my body and like recognizing, oh, wow, my body does a lot for me. My legs walk me, you know, around the neighborhood every single day. And if I don't take care of them, I'm doing my entire self a disservice. Like I think there's something that shifts in the perspective of self as you start to get a little bit, older that just makes you cherish what you have a little bit more if that right. makes sense
0: yeah and you know what i and i say this in in the context of speaking with women but yeah I've, i try to follow a lot of the health oriented subreddits particularly in the ru- running community i'm not a runner by any stretch of the imagination and i say this a lot and i always say i'm not really a runner but i follow the subreddits i i, I run but i don't run fast enough and i'm not running that often because of the coronavirus and my own experience with it but like i see people and like you know the twenty-somethings—they're just running because they want to have the fastest 5K. And then you have all these people who are like in their 30s and 40s—they're joining the uh, couch, the C25K subreddit, and you see they its great. You get a lot of motivation from them because they're showing their selfies and they're running. And you see that most of the people running and who are doing this are—I would say—in their in their 30s to 50s, even their 60s. And I—it's just so—it's so wholesome to see that. It's like wow, you know what, we're taking, I'm taking like, like this, the the story that I get from it is, you know, I'm taking control of my life and I'm starting to recognize that I need to have done, I should have done this earlier. And I, I always just think to like, I am I would love to give him a pat on the bat, this invisible pat, you know, better late than never. And, and it's good you, and for you. I would say you're doing it even earlier than some other people. Like they're just not serious about it. I wasn't, I, I needed to, for myself, I was depressed and I needed to hit rock bottom before I realized that I wasn't doing, taking care of myself. And that happens um about two years ago so uh and i'm like i'm still in my 30s but at the same time it's just like you know what i'm i'm almost over the hill i guess they say that these days (laughs) um and that's scary for me it's scary to realize that you know what would my life have been different if i embraced like self-care and fitness 10 years ago oh yeah uh but i think i needed this to happen the way it was just as you said before you know we we're where we need to be and this is how this is my trajectory i needed to to have nine years for some reason i don't know why i needed to have nine years of postpartum depression undiagnosed unknown nine years of postpartum depression before i, I was exploited to the sense to the point that i needed to be uh have this recognizance. And maybe i just i don't know i don't know why it was but i'm, I'm i have no regrets
1: completely completely and what like what was what was your if you don't mind me asking what was your your breaking point of realizing you needed to do something a little different and hitting the end of that
0: uh it's hard to say i was you know when you're at a i don't know i don't know if I, it, this is something you can relate to and i don't know if people can relate to this but i was in a in a part of my life where i wasn't i didn't realize that i was even there i knew that i wasn't happy but i didn't realize i couldn't pinpoint it i just was going through the motions through my life and What happened was that I was uh, taken advantage of by somebody who I became particularly close with um, to the point that I felt like I needed that to validate my existence. And I started seeing a psychiatrist twice a week and medication just to give myself the – just to to get by. And that relationship fizzled. And then I ended up having to – eventually that relationship – fizzled and it fizzled in a very 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 hard way it was the maybe the worst probably no it was the worst possible um breakup if you will sans like it wasn't violent or anything but it was emotionally like jarring jolting I don't really know how to describe it and I went through a lot of difficult a lot of difficulty for a while and like it I just thinking, you know, how can I go back to where I was kind of brought me to this point of like, I guess the point of, like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like I said, it's hard. It's hard. I was already so emotionally vulnerable that I kind of let somebody latch on. And once that latch fell apart, that latch broke, it was extremely, ex- inordinately difficult and uh, to overcome. And then I was then then i've discovered like i didn't even, i never thought i was able to i was going to pull myself out of it and then i discovered perfume and that perfume discovery and the awakening of a, of what you would consider a sense that you take for granted kind of brought me into this oh wow i i should breathe i should smell the roses again and that was that was that was the impetus to start my brand right now something particular that's seen as sexual had actually helped me live again and Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of the unlikely story, but that was my story.
1: Um, Thank you for sharing that. Like, I I love the idea of what you're doing with your fragrance. I think there's so much that needs to change in, in commerce. I don't know if if you follow like sort of fashion news, but, um, so there was a interesting interview between Naomi Campbell. Um, she has like a podcast YouTube channel, I believe. And Anna Wintour and Anna Wintour was talking about the fashion beauty space and how it's really going to have to change now because of coronavirus our values have changed as a society. So the things that used to matter in the way they used to sell, it's just not going to work anymore. Um, and everything that you've shared with me thus far about your fragrance line, like it sounds like you're on that cusp of the way things need to shift and the, the shift that will happen naturally because we're just not the same consumers that we used to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because it's like – and I keep debating to myself, do I launch? Do I ever launch? Should I launch now? But yeah, it's the perfect time to launch because this is this is when people don't feel like they're taking care of themselves. So I am gonna announce here right now that I'm soft launching. I haven't made an, a, pub, a public announcement, kind of sharing the link to people who wanna know the link, but I, will, I haven't even done PR because part of my PR strategy, maybe I should talk to you about this separately, but part of my PR strategy would have been sending, at this point, Before the coronavirus, I was planning on sending, um, you know, care packages of the, of samples to the media. And when I got the virus, I obviously had to kind of put that on hold. I've been helping my community and I've been helping, uh, I've been trying to get through it myself and I wouldn't want to come into personal contact with something that might be shipped with the virus. So I didn't even, when I got my package, I left it. I didn't even touch it for like, you know, until I knew I could, and now that I can, we're, the, everybody's mindset is so different, so my PR strategy was kind of tabled in the sense that I still want to send out to the media, and I think the media is going to be really going to be helping me make or break it. But at the same time, there are people who need this right here, right now. So I want to launch an early bird where this product that would have otherwise been sent to media, if you purchase it, if you purchase a bottle, you will get a sample of the fragrance, and I will fulfill it sooner rather than later so i'm basically saying the media can get some but i'm not going to be giving as much to the media because i want to give it to people who need it right now and because that's this is what it is it's a needs need-based product basically it's it's totally shifted from where i was going i'm doing things completely different kind of going by ear right now and i'm launching at a very very busy time in the heat like we're still in the epicenter still to some degree things are changing but we're in the epicenter and I guess I'm sufficiently distracted so that I'm not paralyzing myself with the fear of, Oh my God, is this going to fail or not? (laughs) So I don't know if this is the right way to do things, but at the same time, I want to help people today and say, you know, PR will definitely help, uh, help me as well, but I want to help the people who need it the most. I think, I think that's
1: great. I think it's a fantastic approach. I've had a lot of conversations with clients over the past couple of months around is is this a good time to launch something new? Is this a good time to launch an offer or product? And I think the answer is yes. When it's done the right way, um, we're still people. Like we still have needs. I know for myself personally, I've had an Amazon package delivered to my house at least like once a week since, since lockdown started, you know, little things that i needed or little pickups. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's a fantastic time to to launch. I actually have a client that actually launched during coronavirus. We took her site live. She has a clothing capsule collection. So it's five pieces that you can basically pack and just to carry on and travel for two weeks without having to repeat your outfits. But uh <clears throat> she was afraid, like she was afraid to launch. She didn't know if this was a good time and if it would be well received or not, but we launched and she's had sales. She's still you know, gotten some press on TV shows, media heads. So I do think it's a good time to launch. Once again, if you're doing something that's really rooted and grounded in purpose and you're actually enriching other people's lives. Like I think that's the key to being successful right now. Yeah. It's a a fantastic time to launch,
0: Right. And I I guess we'll see how fragrance works because the biggest challenge that I hear people align with my mission, but will you buy the products at the end of the day, you're not smelling it. So if people align with the mission and they're afraid to buy the products, they're thankfully, because this is a crowdfunding campaign, there's a monetary contribution where if you love the idea and you love the effort that I've been putting into this. And I mean, literally this is, uh, 18 months now, um, then yeah, you know, give a contribution to the cause. (laughs) But of course I want you to get the products. It's just a matter of, Hey, how do I buy fragrance without smelling it? And that's, it's the hardest part, but yeah, you're right. So right now the coronavirus is a, people think it's putting a damper on on buying products in general but e-commerce is doing really well right now i i have a a friend slash colleague who is telling me that her client is so busy that there's a supply chain issue that that demand the demand is so high that they're not able to fulfill the supply for it and i think that that's that's an incredible problem to have i almost have a i haven't even launched it and i sort of have that issue in the sense that my factory for my bottles has been converted into a PPE N95 factory so i'm i have to pivot a little bit but i can't make an excuse not to launch anymore i need to i need to make this happen i've been pushing things away for a while and i think it's it like in general i think all of us have fear but as soon as we step and and overcome that fear well, then new fears will arise. But at the same time, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to at least say that, hey, we were able to do it because you'll always regret not doing something. You won't regret doing something. So,
1: yeah. I always say new level, new devil. So there's always going to be a good reason or a good excuse to hold off on things or not move forward. So you just have to take the next step, knowing that regardless of the outcome and taking that next step you'll learn something that's gonna push you further down the path of your ultimate destination.
0: Right, that's awesome, I love that. <laughs> I will share just a little bit of a side tangent here. You know, since I started doing this, the, uh, started since we started having the coronavirus, I the first thing I did literally in week one was contact a bunch of restaurants to see if they can deliver to us. And we would I would coordinate with the community members uh, a big order so that it would be worth it. At that point they were still operating people were stepping in and out but we were quarantined. So like the rest of the world was still moving and we were shut down. So obviously the dynamic of that didn't lend itself to many people doing the the pickups or it didn't it didn't make sense but at the same time they felt bad for us because we were literally the we, we shut down before the rest of the city. And then everybody shut down and and all of a sudden like all these restaurants because I already had the system running, uh, all the restaurants started reaching out to me. And I was so excited about that. I I started forging great relationships with restaurateurs all over in the area and it was great, but that never, never comes without, like no good deed goes unpunished. It never comes without its share of critics. I, in one context, I've been like a lot of the restaurateurs, they don't want to collect the money from 30 different people if there's 30 different families ordering. So I would collect and there were accusations already that I've been pocketing the tips. I mean, oh it's like, gosh, you can't do anything without that stuff going on. And then somebody was like, you know, you're doing this at no profit to yourself. Maybe you should ask for a profit. How? Maybe you should ask for a little bit of money. Why? Don't, like, and and then he helps me because I felt very uncomfortable asking. Then he helps me call, like phrase how I would make such a request and i did and then i got and, and that was you know out of good his good faith or you know he said you're you banked a lot of goodwill maybe people will be willing to do it and i got a bunch as soon as i made that request i got a bunch of messages you should be doing this with the, for free with a with a full heart and i'm just like i can't one guy wants to pay me one guy says don't pay like and then i'm like you know what i'm about to launch a business i'm a ceo of a new business i am a, this is my new devil like i'm getting my first new level i don't know how you say it but yeah like I'm, I'm dealing with the devils right now and if this is if this is representative of what i'm going to deal with later it's good practice and i don't i don't have any regrets that's- for anything that i'm dealing with but yeah everything you do there is always like you're in a room with 30 people you'll have 45 different opinions that's just the nature of the beast and i'm starting to learn that and you know what let me let me do this on a, on a personal level where people that i know face to face um and we'll see what happens with with the unknowns but this is this is taxing, emotionally taxing, very difficult, not profitable at all for me, except I feel good that I'm doing it. And it it will, it, it's it's experience. So that's how I look at it.
1: Completely. And it's it's, it's something, something that, you're that you're doing that's, doing that's being driven, be driven by purpose and passion. And, and, you, and you can you never, never go wrong when that's your driving motivator. motivator.
0: Right, right. Yeah. All right. So let's, I guess we'll just jump into like, you know, your self-care because you talk about your life in a way that you know clearly embodies this focus on yourself and focus on empowerment so tell me a little bit about the what what you what you do right now because we were talking about like you know you're taking you're taking your life seriously uh where like all of us are casual about our bodies and all of a sudden we realize sometime that we just need to start getting serious about ourselves so tell me a little bit about what you do right now uh not necessarily right now because right now might be completely different since we're in corona chaos but what would have what is your what would have been your normal self-care routine and what maybe is changing now that we're in the midst of the uh coronavirus yeah
1: Yeah, so so, um self-care for me comes in a a lot lot of of different different formats. formats it's It's so much of it is the way that I take care of myself and the way that I take care of my body. A lot of it is also how I treat myself. And I feel like that's an area that gets neglected a lot, especially for women. Um, Before, before Corona, I definitely was prioritizing moving my body and fitness. So I found a gym buddy, a partner to work out with, and we would get up and we'd be at the gym at 6 a.m. pretty much every morning during the week to get in a good workout. We would do like some weightlifting and some cardio, and just starting my day with movement was a really good way to just kick things off because I knew by 8 a.m. I would feel like I accomplished Something, And that, and that was, was a big, big change, change for me. You know. um, so working out every day and also getting it in early in the morning was one way that I took care of myself. Also with like the foods that I eat and trying not to eat as much sugar, which is really hard because I live right down the street from a Dunkin' Donuts. So that's not always the easiest task, but, you know, just trying to eat healthy, drink a lot of water, that type of thing. But I'll also say for me personally, so I'm single and as a single woman, I try to date myself on occasion just because like even in the dating world, now sometimes you're still not properly courted or at least that's how I feel. Um, So taking time to even just like date myself to have really nice dinners and buy myself flowers and sometimes just take like a really long bubble bath and just soak and relax and do some of those little things that in the past I may have counted on or looked towards a partner to do some of those things for me and now i try to make it make it a habit to do that for myself so like i'm not waiting for someone to take me out to a fancy dinner that i can enjoy it's like no i can i can do that for myself um and in times of corona that's gone from going out to eat to actually taking the time to cook myself a really nice dinner at home and like go to the, the farmers, farmer's market at the beginning of the day, day and, like, and like get my groceries and then come home and like enjoy the process of looking up recipes and then enjoy the process of looking up food and you know and actually cooking the food and making the meal like that's been a really big part of my self-care since all of this has started
0: oh, i love it i love it you know for me i like to live or i have previously lived the life of one meal a day I find it a very sustainable way to, first of all, be cognizant of my body and my food intake. And number two, I mean, I, the outcome looks good. I look good and I feel, feel good and all of a sudden I have more energy to be more fit and to work out. And I had that great motivation to do all that stuff. And then this whole thing happened. And like I said, you know, I've been coordinating restaurant deliveries. Well, my driveway also happens to work as a really excellent drive-through. Uh, it's a contactless driveway. So it's basically a car drives up to a, to my, to a vehicle parked in my driveway. The restaurant drops it in their car and then they drive to, through my back exit. It's, it's the best. best oh, setup. wow. It's really cool. Like I, like I, I, have a, I have a whole map. It's really, it's a nice setup, but anyway, having uh, restaurants, it's like you say you have Dunkin' Donuts down the block. I have restaurants in my <laughs> driveway every single day. And there are days when i won't order because i won't order and then there are days that oh let's give you 25 percent off let's give you 50 percent off and it was like oh okay <laughs> let me order <laughs> and so far i've gained the COVID 19 um in two senses of the word in the sense that i had the virus <laughs> and i had the, i got the 19 pounds so um i'm working on it i am telling you i am working on it but yeah uh this is normally i think on a on a regular day i would be a lot more Diligent. I I will say self-care for me, knowing, I I feel immense gratitude knowing that, um, you know, I'm helping people in the community and like, it's so empowering for me. And like, I mean, there's elderly, there's young people who, people who have just had babies, like who are ordering. And there's so, there's such, there's so much happiness that I'm helping people. But I will say that my routine for my own self-care has fallen by the wayside. And I acknowledge that almost in every single podcast since this started. I'm getting there, but like it's incredibly difficult because on one hand, there's so much good that's coming out of this to my, you know, and I'm putting myself behind. On the other hand, when life is really happening, when, when the world is like spinning again, that I, I'm doing exactly what I should be doing. So you know what? If I take a little bit of a detour in order to help people at the expense of my own self care and my health, I, I don't think I can have regrets. But I guess we can always revisit this conversation, you okay. know, in a couple more months <laughs> to see to see where I am, um, if I haven't gained the COVID nine hundred and ninety and we can discuss that then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, like I don't know, know. know. I, feel, I feel, like,
1: feel like I feel like I you have, have to do, to do at do least, least one, one thing, thing for yourself. yourself every day and like it could it it could be be the smallest smallest thing ever it could be five Five minutes to sit with a cup of coffee coffee. it could could be five five minutes to walk outside outside, touch touch the grass grass, smell some fresh fresh air air, look at a flower talk talk to a butterfly butterfly. i don't know um but (laughs) like i I think there has to to be like at least least one thing thing that you do for yourself every day even if it's even if it's just five minutes
0: Um, yeah you think thankfully i will say that i have a goal i had a goal since the beginning of the year my friend carrie mcgee uh is like a real estate agent but she's also like this motivating like a motivator and she created this facebook group 250 uh, at least 250 in like 2020 or something like that and her objective was like we need to work we need to exercise 250 days in 2020 and what constitutes an exercise is just doing something for 20 minutes so i have been so motivated to never miss a day that I have, that I did it. And that means that at 1140 at night, one night, because there's only 20 minutes left of the day, I took a walk around my driveway. (laughs) That's like, so I am still doing it. I'm still showing up. And that's what I'm, I'm happy that I'm showing up. I'm not showing up to the level, to the extent that I used to. But the thing is that it's like habit forms habits if you've read the james clear atomic habits book habits can form very small very incrementally and if you stop stop cold turkey that habit is going to be very hard to re, like to reignite and and i i it's not the same it definitely isn't the same but showing up to me knows that i'm 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 honoring the con, the commitment that i made to myself even if it's not the level of the commitment that i had before because if if i were to drop this i would be screwed and there we just started a whatsapp group uh my local community uh and we're you know uh, some of the fitness some of the gym teachers here are saying you got to do 50 squats and 20 40 jumping jacks and 35 crunches and i'm just like you know i actually did it. it's called the killer workout and i hadn't worked i used to work out four times uh seven times a day a week but you know four times in the gym and going back to that i, I did i decided to do the killer workout which is part of what i described. And it was brutal. My legs like were jelly and I'm still, they're still kind of jelly, but you know what? Like, I don't, I can't go back to starting again. You know, you work so hard. Don't, don't like undo it. So yeah, that's, 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 so I am showing up. It's just not the same way I used to. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it still, it still counts, counts, counts though. though. That's yeah. all that, that's, that's all, all that all matters. matters. As long as long you show up, up it, it still, still counts. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let me ask you, um, one last question for you, um, is if you can talk to Ashley, I guess, the cow-riding, oh, I don't know, you ride cows. I don't know what <laughs> it is like that. The cow-loving um, Texas girl, and you were to tell her, give her some piece of advice, what would you tell her? I would,
1: I would, tell, would tell her to stop, stop overthinking, overthinking everything. That, that would be, that that would be the, the number one piece of, piece of advice I would they give my, my younger, younger self. I have had so many ideas throughout the years and so many things that I've wanted to do and things, you know, where you think, oh, that sounds neat, or I should do this, or it would be really amazing, or I could help X number of people if I would just. And I spent so much time when I was younger overthinking every single little detail and trying to make things perfect. And I'm at a stage of my life now where I've started to embrace that progress is much more important than perfection. Like you just have to take that next step and and move forward. But I did not understand that when I was younger. Um, and so I don't, I don't have any regrets. Like I said, I think we all end up exactly where we're supposed to be. But I do sometimes wonder what life would look like if I would have just taken some of those, those steps, steps a little, little bit sooner, sooner and had not been so consumed, so consumed with in the fear, fear of being judged or the fear, or fear of what, what other people, people would think and, and you, you know, know lots of lots of, lots of self-doubt. Doubt, so I would, I would definitely, definitely just move, move forward in the moment, moment that I thought about, about things and I would, would stop thinking so much for sure.
0: Yeah. yeah, you know, I will say and and I apologize for the language given that this is a G-rated or it's supposed to be a G-rated. Well, you know what? I won't say it. But one of the things that I think would be really helpful um, for you, and I think for most of us who are overthinking things and we care too much about potential ramifications, is the subreddit. It's a very good subreddit. You basically have to let it. You have to let let it absorb in your pores or whatever you would call it. It's called how to not give a bleep. With an F word. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's my D-rated version. My bleep. How not, how to not give a bleep. And there is a really interesting... Uh, Ricky Gerv. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Oh, oh Gervais. Gervais. Yeah, Gervais. He actually has spoken at one of these um, awards shows. And it was... I will say it was literally cringeworthy. Because he was making such horrible jokes to this room full of you know oscar emmy whatever winning actors and it was cringe worthy because like he did not care and that is the life we need to live that's the kind of life we yes. need to emulate it that must have been the worst the hardest thing for most of us maybe to even watch can you imagine just sitting there being a host and just throwing literally he was throwing punch after punch after punch i mean it was in a in in all in good in good whatever uh what is it good good fun yeah it was all in good fun yeah and and yet it was so cringeworthy and if you follow like that's just one thing that i had watched there but if you follow that particular life i mean you'll you'll be so much happier for it don't let these things get to you don't let it get you down so i like i like that i think that that's a great way to um have yourself like embody your life and and embrace how you know moving forward
1: Completely. completely and it's, it's, it's at the it's, end of the day it's, it's all about, about authenticity. authenticity um and, and especially, especially like they, i, I they tend, tend to tie everything back, back to marketing because that's just what i do, do. but yeah, in marketing i feel like we went, we went through a period through a where, where everything, everything was, was polished and super perfect and, perfect and pristine, pristine. And, I and i think now we just live in a world where people want the truth like they just want to see things as they are whether that's products or people um Fluff and, and sugarcoating is really, really easy to identify. To identify. So, so, not
0: thinking,
1: thinking so, so much also does just bring you back to a place, a of, place authenticity of authenticity where you can just be yourself and put it out and, out and not not have, not have to care. care and know, you know that things, things are going to end, end up exactly, exactly how they're supposed to end up on end up the end other end, 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 end of it, regardless.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so 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 much. I really enjoyed talking to you. This is probably my longest podcast. But I think it was worth it. I hope people benefit from just your story and your you know trajectory and what you're doing because I think you know the fact is you really are really a true embodiment of what this is about and the fact that especially you in the self-care, like you're making it work, and I love it.
1: Aww, thank, thank you, you so, so much for having, for having me. me. This, this has been amazing. amazing. And, and I am so excited, excited for your, your fragrance US line, line. Um, and I, I, I hope that you'll share some information, information on where, where we can find
0: out. that. Thank you all again for tuning in. This is your host, Tamar Weinberg of the Common Sense Podcast. Till next time.